It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Benny Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky, and Terry Brown of Louisville, Kentucky, team up to give you free-flowing, laid-back sports talk. Focus on Kentucky Wildcats, as well as pertinent information in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. And yo, like I say every week, that's, that's what we try to do. Terry Brown and Vinny Hardy, Cast Talk Wednesday, another episode coming to you wherever you get your podcast, Anchor Spreaker, and on the on the on the TV deal, Roku TV or, or devices, y'all can see us there. What's on TV? I am living the life. I mean, uh, you know, um, we're gonna talk about those NFL playoffs, and yeah. uh, we got to do that. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. I'm going to quote the great, one of my favorite coaches of all time, Jimmy Johnson. He coached the Miami Hurricanes, he coached the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm going to quote him, how about those Cowboys? I'm sorry, how about them Cowboys? I'll, I'll, I'll get it right. So we're going to talk about that. We got to talk about the Tennessee beatdown. We got we got a lot of stuff to talk about, baby. I'm, I'm rocking and rolling in these sub-zero temperatures here in America's heartland. Absolutely. So we, we got to get it. And we'll get some of that because we, we got two guests tonight for the first time in a while. Uh, first one is a friend of the show from way back, way back to when it was probably just me and you talking. She came on like... 2014, you know, 2015, somewhere along in there. I'm talking about a fellow coming redskin, fellow Harlan Countyan, baking impossible Netflix TV star now, Brandy Romines. We get to talk to Brandy here in just a second. Go send her the link. And of course, we can talk all things cats with her as well. And she was there Saturday for the Tennessee beatdown. So we talk about that, talk about the show. The baconeering, the bacon and the engineering and all that that they did. Uh, second guess is, like we mentioned, we're on Roku, part of BS3 Radio Network, the BS3 Network. Uh, ben Sutter has got us in here on Roku and getting us to the ears of all kinds of people on the audio side as well. Ivan Dawkins, uh, he hosts a co-host of the Queen 3 and King podcast. He hosts that with his three sisters. They do that every week. They're doing their thing. Uh, they talk society. They talk culture. They talk all kind of topics on that show. He's hilarious. He's a Cowboys fan, so him and I can wallow in our misery and, and talk about the NFL playoffs. He's a big sports guy as well, so we're looking forward to having both of those guests on with us, and we'll get this episode in and then see what the Cats do against the Aggies. So, man, it's going to be a, a fun Wednesday uh, I go ahead and talk about uh, Lots of Rain watches. Go ahead and get you one of those. Go to lotsofrain.com, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com, and check out Play Action Pools. Our guy, Christian McCollum, has the contest, all kind of sports. Whatever you want, go on there and check those out. Get them in now before we get our guest on. And I will get this link sent to Brandy and, and TB, man. Of course, you know, the Tennessee beatdown. Uh, the, the passing of Joby Hall, uh, Kentucky legend, that happened a few hours before the tip-off Saturday. So, uh, 93 years old, uh, health had been declining the past couple of years. Uh, it was sad to wake up to hear that news. 
he no doubt would have enjoyed the thrashing of Tennessee later on that afternoon. So it's just a lot happening Saturday. Yeah, the the thing, and we will talk about uh, Joe B with Brandy, I'm sure. Uh, But he may be the most significant coach in Kentucky history. He was the guy that proved it was more than just Adolph Rupp. He was that bridge between those black and white championships and and the the how you and I grew up with Kentucky basketball. And uh, again, we'll 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 dive deeper into that. But when you take a step back and you look at his accomplishments, the one thing I'm thankful for is that Coach Cal embraced him, and he was able to receive his flowers from the Big Blue Nation while he was still here because you and I have talked before with some of the older folks, he had a rough go of it. You know, that 78 championship team, that's the the team without joy, the season without joy. Like, he, I don't think he got to enjoy a lot of his accomplishments, his final fours, his All-Americans. Uh, you know, he integrated Kentucky basketball. He, he, he made it uh, more of a destination uh, uh, spot when you see the, the guys that he brought into the program we see what Leonard Hamilton has done you know Joe B's got a coaching tree and you look at what uh, Leonard Hamilton did last night just last night yeah. uh, Florida State in, in Duke so uh, we'll, we'll dive into that it started off as a sad you know a sad uh, I don't know fat toy you know to kind of come across that Joe B had passed and I think that uh, from everything I saw, the university and Coach Cal uh, and the players and everything, they did everything they could to honor Joe B. Because remember, he was a Kentuckian above all else. And he loved the state and he loved the basketball team. And we loved him back. And he had the the trifecta that nobody else had. I, I was listening to Tom Leach, uh, I guess over the holidays. One day it was a day off work and he was playing he had a best of because you know he wasn't doing a live show that day either, and it was a, a, a taped interview from years ago with Joe B. And Joe said that he was the only guy to play in alumni gym, coach in Memorial Coliseum, and coach in Rupp Arena. Nobody else can say that. So he's he's truly Kentucky through and through. Um, Nobody has that feather under their cap, so that's that's a really unique distinction that he had. And I was like, man, that is that's yeah. a trifecta right there, man. He he bridged he bridged the gap. He became uh, a more beloved figure in the last decade than I think he was when he was alive. And and, and sometimes we don't appreciate those those great ones, especially when it comes to the coaches. We don't appreciate them until we're able to look back and reflect a little bit and. Like I said, I'm really glad he was able to uh, to get that love, to, to be the wide home games, to to be everybody's uh, uh, big blue grandpa uh, mm-hmm. and everything. So I'm really glad he got to experience that love. Cal. With the program, it was Joe's trademark. I mean, like I said, he was, Joe, he was the coach when I first remember watching my Vegas memories of Kentucky. Roger Harden was the first point guard I remember as far back as I go into my mind. It's, it was Roger and Winston Bennett and Rob Locke and Ed Davender and James Blackman, Richard Madison, those guys. That's 
the very, very first memories and Coach Hall there with the program. So Cal comes out with the program, goes 1-3-1. Oscar doesn't even try to win the tap. Just lets Tennessee have it. They back up into the 1-3-1 to start the game. So to me, that was that was the equivalent of leaving that left guard spot open for Coach Schlarman when he passed away for that Vanderbilt game. And then you had the guys rotating, uh, wearing the jersey number 65 in honor of him. I think that was in, like Cal said, I think even on his, his college show, you don't, you don't want to prepare or assume, even though you know his health is getting bad, you don't want to just start doing stuff before he passes. So he passed Saturday morning. And so the game's at one o'clock. There's not a whole lot of stuff you can do in that time frame, but he did do the one, three, one, and he did um, have the road program when he came out. And we will continue this conversation because we we see our guests. Look, TB, we're we're on Roku now. We got got a green room because we're on Roku TV and stuff. And so in the green room is, is a fellow Harlan Countyan, a fellow Cumberland Redskin. We go all the way back to second grade. I think it was Miss Coke's reading class when I first uh, crossed paths with this individual. We just saw her on Baking Impossible on Netflix. She's been doing her thing. BBN has gotten to know her from Baking with Barkley and all the wonderful things she's accomplished. And she's joining us now to talk about all of that. We have Brandy Romans hopping Hi. on here with us this evening. What is up? Can you hear me? <laughs> Yeah, I've never on? used it before. So, uh, well, right now I'm getting ready for the game. I'm so excited. I got this new sparkly headband, so you guys are getting to see it for the first time. <laughs> All right, there we go. Because I know that interests you men, you know, this sparkly headband of mine. Well, but, it'll uh, go with Terry's belt buckle. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I got it. Sparkly- <laughs> I've got to, yeah, I've got to find my, it's it's somewhere in my box. I got to find my Kentucky sparkly belt buckle. Yeah. I've, I've got two. I've got two daughters, so sparkly stuff. You know, that's that's uh, not unusual for me. Well, that is unusual for me. I'm normally not girly. However, like ten years ago, we were at a football game and I saw the baton twirlers. They had these sparkly paw print hair clips, and I asked them, like, "Where did you get? Th- I want one of those." <laughs> and they said, "Oh, you know, we get them from the uniform company." So I'm at the store the other day buying something to wear to that Tennessee game, and I saw this. It was a keychain, and I was like, "Well, that'll work. I like a K better than a paw print." So I took it apart and made my own headband. So. Well, there you go. I, I love Kentucky. I, I love them to death. Yeah. Trend setting, trend setting, and trend setting. Just, just start your own thing. So first thing I got to ask, we, like, we, we got to get into the Bacon Impossible. We, of course, we got to talk about our cats. We got to talk about about Joe B. We got to talk about the Tennessee beatdown, all that stuff. You, you jump right in and talk it all, all with us. But you you were texting me because uh, Dwayne Lester tagged us on Facebook in the Harlan County Friends group, you know, talking about you. And he pulled up that article I'd written about you on Wildcat Blue Nation. And you were like, I can come on the show in January. Things kind of slow down for you as far as your your bakery is concerned. So tell me, I'm just curious, like in your calendar year, your spring, your summer, your fall, what's going on throughout that part of the year where you're slammed? What types of events and what makes January be slow for for you? 
Um, I think the biggest thing that makes January slow is money. <laughs> Everyone's all spent out. You know, oh. they're, they're, no one wants to spend money on a cake. But um, I don't I don't really know. But it's like that across the board. A lot of baking shows film right now because it's a slow time. I have several friends who are all filming things right now because January and February tend to be slow time. Except the little Valentine's bump that you get. Um, but for the most part, it's always crickets, you know, it's just sitting around, but I need that because this past December was the busiest revenue month that I've ever had. And so I was working 20 hours a day, like 23 days in a row. And so I am still recovering from that and I'm exhausted. So I enjoy this little bit of a reprieve. Um, you know, get to watch basketball, watch all the bowl games. Of course, it's always sad when football's over too. Um, but you know, then the springtime starts and I have several events. I, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be baking for the Caspies again this year. Um, so that's exciting. I can't wait for that because we missed two years in a row now, um, due to this stupid pandemic. And, um, then in the summer, I do a lot for football. You know, the summertime is their big recruiting time, like June and July. They have a lot of recruits in town. And so I do cakes for them. I dropped some off this morning. Um, there's a special person visiting today. Um, so that's cool, you know, getting to do that. But it's just always craziness, man. I never know what I'm going to open when every, I never know what the text or the email is going to be. It's always crazy, chaotic. Nothing's ever slow except right now so i used to stress about it but now i just accept it and enjoy the little bit of reprieve that i get from being crazy and is correct if i'm wrong you didn't you didn't start out as like a junior baking champion where you just done this your whole life and you're like you were 10 and, and baking how did how did you get into it because everybody knows how good you are and if and see all your work but how did you even get into baking um, well, my mom and my mama were bakers, and so I grew up watching them do it. And then my cop, my roommate in college, she um, was obsessed with 101 Dalmatians, so I decided I was going to try to make her a birthday cake that looked like a dog, but I wanted it to sit up. Well, at the time, you know, this is in the, the late 90s, you didn't see that kind of stuff. And so I've always been um, the one to think like crazy outside of the box type stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I can make a cake and I bet that I can make this dog sit up. Well, lo and behold, I did it. And it just kind of, it came so natural. And I would just bake for my friends and family. And then it just kept going and kept going. And then of course, whenever my cake that I made for Cal made national news and was on Yahoo and everything else. And then my cake pops around CBS. At that point, there was no stopping it. It was just full time. It had snowballed and it was my full-time job <laughs> and now it's like the job of my whole family so are you still there hello yeah there we go something happened i was with the wife i got crazy or something happy as a, you there yeah okay happy as a lark cakes right is what yep. you, yeah and how did that where did how did that come is that uh, well, my daughter's name is Larkin, but uh -huh. my mamaw used to always tell me 
that I was her sunshine and she always would say, you are happy as a lark. She would tell me that all the time because I'd always come in the house, you know, bebopping, telling her what was going on. And um, I love, I'm an avid bird watcher. I love birds and so a lark bird. Um, and so it just, I don't know. I just liked that one day. I just always thought, you know what? If I ever have a business, I'm gonna name it Happy as a Lark something. Mm -hmm. And so I did. Now I kind of regret it because it's not very, it doesn't roll off the tongue very well. It's too many words, but it's okay. I mean, at this point, there's no there's no going back. So you you, <laughs> no, you don't wish you'd have went with alliteration like Brandy's Beautiful Bunt Cake. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I do like Brandy Bakes. Uh, they put that on the cover of the magazine that I was on last month, and I do like that. I thought Brandy Bakes, that's pretty cute. Um, but I don't know what I would have. I, I literally will lay in bed at night thinking, should I change the name? But what in the world would I change it to? And so it's it's irrelevant at this point. People know it's me. I mean, yep, that's so. true. Now, are your fellow bacon ears gonna hop on or not? Or? They are not. Sarah already had dinner planned. She said she was okay. so sorry. And I never heard, Rodolfo is actually filming another show right now. Okay. And um, Manuka, I never heard back. But Manuka just got back from Sri Lanka. And so he's having a really hard time adjusting back to the time change. So he actually might, and he lives in California. So he might be oh, in a bit. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I didn't text him until three, so. Okay. Well, I was just thinking because this will now we can determine if we were squeezing in all the stuff about you and then working in your fellow bacon ears. But now we can just kind of open it back up and then just it's all it's all brandy right now is what Benny is saying. I'm sure they would all roll their eyes at that too. I mean, just uh, and I look, I I told you I would it showed my wife some of. Just the stuff off your page, you know, the uh, and your TikTok, Kentucky Cake Maker, and Instagram, and all that. The one where you had the shrimp in the bowl, and it, it looks like you're just, you know, all those things. I would always show her stuff. So I asked her yesterday, you know, I said, Katie, you got any questions for Brandy? Because she she cooks, she can cook great, but she hates to bake. She says, I don't, I'm not a baker because there's too many rules. I can't just put in this and go off a of field. That's what my sister says. That's what my sister says. And so at first she was like, well, she didn't really have any questions. And then she just started firing off stuff. So I'm starting to write down. So I'm, I'm going to work in some of Katie's questions for you. And then okay. whatever whatever TB has and whatever I got. And then we can talk about that. And okay. we can uh, enjoy you taking time out of your reprieve and spending it with us. So we sure. I love it. I love it. And we were talking on the phone last week when we were setting it up. I got to ask you too about you talk about all the things you get to do and you just never know what it's going to be every single day. And, you know, talk, give some little scoop, a special person in, on campus today that you were baking for. <laughs> you, you developed a relationship with, with Ellen Calipari and, and the roommate and you yeah. gotten to know them on a deeper level than, you know, a lot of fans. And it's not like you just, you know, sucked up to him to do that. It just kind of happened. So talk about, you know, that relationship. Um, it did. Ha it did happen very organically. Uh, I don't even really remember how it happened, but we just started chatting one day, and um, I, you know, I'm really good friends with Dana Antigua, Coach O's wife, and the life of a coach's wife is kind of lonely you know they're 
uh, their husbands are gone a lot. And for someone, especially like Ellen too, her kids are older. You know, there's not, and you have to be careful because everyone always wants something from you, you know? And so I feel like people in those relationships have to be really guarded. And so I think it took her a long time to realize that I didn't really want anything from her. I was just chatting with her. And uh, then we realized how much we have in common. You know, she grew up in Missouri on a farm. She's a farm kid. Um, just like me, I'm not very girly. She she is girlier than me, but she isn't like, you know, my hair has to be done and my nails have to get done and I have to have makeup on to like go out. And I'm a lot like that. And so we, and we let, we're both obsessed with true crime. The other day she was telling me, um, they were doing something. Oh, they were in Brad's crawl space because his pipes had froze. And she was like, there's a creepy, uh, deep freeze down here. She said, Brandy, you would have loved it. And I said, oh my gosh, can you imagine if we get to spray that Luminol? And Luminol's the stuff that like the investigator spray in her room to see where the blood was. She knew exactly what I was talking about. So my husband is like, Sean's like, what the heck, man? You all are crazy. I'm like, I know we're crazy, <laughs> but that's why I love her. And um, today I asked her, I said, I'm going on this radio show tonight. I said, um, I know they'll ask me about you. Are you okay if I tell them? that you're a cheapskate and she said sure I'm proud of it but we um I was listening to this podcast one day and I said hey listen to this podcast with me and she said um I sent it to her and she was like that's $27 Brandy I'm not paying for a podcast that costs $27 a year it was $27 a year and I'm like it's per year and she's like I'm not paying for that but in my head I'm thinking you know she is the one that can afford to pay to fly private so maybe I'm doing it wrong she's the one that knows where to spend her money but <laughs> you know um but I love her I love her so much she's legitimately become one of my closest friends I can't even believe that we talk every single day about just everything our dogs our husbands and and what the thing that I find most fascinating or that I have found is how normal their family is. Most days I forget who she is. I just think of her as my friend Ellen 90% of the time. And then there's times when we're in public, you know, and people recognize her. Um, and then that makes it, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, that's Ellen. And, um, but I had no idea that she was going to invite me to the Tennessee game. She knows how much I hate Tennessee because we talked about, you know, on Banking Impossible, they um, originally gave Manuka and I the orange team. And I had a nervous breakdown and called Manuka crying and said, I hate to tell you, but if we're the orange team, I'm not going on the show. I wrote that in my paperwork and I was very adamant from day one, no orange, no red. Anything else, no orange, no red. And so he's like in his accent, you know, what are you talking about? You're crazy. And so uh, after a lengthy conversation with production, then they assured us that we would get a different team color. We did. We ended up with yellow. But uh, Ella and I were talking about that and she knows how bad I hate Tennessee because I tease her that she loves the Home Depot so much and that's orange. I only shop at Lowe's. And so, uh, you know, whenever she asked me, I literally about, I started screaming, Sean, came flying down and said, he's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, 
And then I get there and I feel this immense guilt. I, I kept looking up at the people like at the very top and I'm like, dude, no, that's where I usually sit. And so I felt so terrible that I was sitting there. I felt just so undeserving, like I did not deserve to sit, to sit there. But then after that wore off and the game started, you know, there was nothing else I could think about but the gameplay and how amazing that was. So yeah, I love her, she's great. And I don't ever, Ellen, if you ever listen to this, I don't ever expect you to invite me to another game again, okay? We're good, we're good. Yeah, courtside for the beat down of Tennessee Saturday. Oh my gosh, I mean, I couldn't, you know, it's hard to tell the, what the score is. I, I, I don't know why that there's not a better, like, I don't like the new scoreboard situation in there, but I kept looking up and once I would finally figure out what the score was, I'd be like, okay, okay, there's no chance. Because then I'm thinking too, if we lose, Cal's going to tell her she's never allowed to ask me back because I'm going to be the bad luck charm. Because <laughs> you know he's superstitious a little bit. So uh, I'm thinking, oh no, I don't want us to lose. But then once I realized that, it, we were not losing that game. Just the sheer joy kicked in. And it was just, were you there, Vinny? Were you there for the game? No, no, I was just watching. Oh, I'm telling you, I haven't seen Rupp like that in a long time. I don't know that I'll ever witness another offensive performance like that ever again. I mean, it was it was insane. Kellen was on fire, then Davion, he's my favorite. Um, and then whenever little Kareem got to play, I love him so much. Whenever he got to play, I mean, it was just, I don't know, it was the perfect game. I loved it. I loved every single second of it. Yeah, and just, you know, because they were shooting 50% and, and hitting some threes. And if the, yeah. the five or six threes they hit in the first half, if, if they don't hit them, it's, it gets a lot uglier a lot quicker because they that was kind of keeping them in it. I'm like... And it was threes, and I'm like, eh, okay, they're not going to make that. Oh, they're making it. Dang it. But then we just kept the pedal down and, you know, pulled away, and, and it was, you know. And that's the thing is Tennessee didn't play terribly. I mean, no. on, the defense, on the defensive side, I mean, there's only so much you can do if Kellen Grady's in a group. Like, there's only so much you can do. And like you said, Vinny, they were shooting at one point, like 53% from the field, and it's a 30-point game. Like, what do you do with that? You, you just like, look, we got to pack it up and get out of here. It's just one of those games. It's just not your night. You just got to move on. Yeah. And whenever, you know, they had the Oscar um, rebound count ticker thing. And I'm like, where's that ticker? Does he not have that many rebounds? And then it hits me after the game. Well, duh, he didn't have to have that many rebounds. Like, we were hitting every miss. shot. Yeah. 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 I was like, there were no rebounds to get Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> there were no rebounds to be had. I was like, dang. But, uh, yeah, when Kellen got hot, and whenever he would go to shoot a three, it was like you could hear a pin drop until it hit those nets, and then boom. I mean, the place just went crazy. It was, oh, it was so indescribable. I loved it. Oh, I, I couldn't even sleep Saturday night. I was just laying there like reliving every single second of it over and over you know even just walking out in the tunnel and seeing all that ugly orange and thinking oh my gosh i'm right here you know but and then that old fulky 0.0 rebounds i mean (laughs) pre-season sec first team right and they're the number two defensive team in the nation and (laughs) I don't know. They sure didn't look at Saturday, though. 
No, no, not at all. Not at all. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I love those experiences where you watch the cats just do their thing live. That is fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, going back, well, let's look. You you put on your your page. Uh, I think of somebody handing. It might have been you handing Joe B. Okay, you talked about one of the highlights of your life. Was that yeah. you handing it to him, or was one of no? That was one of the cheerleaders. Um, uh, I got that was for his 90th birthday. And one of my all-time favorite sayings is "cats by 90." I love that saying. I put it on everything. Um, and so for his 90th birthday, they wanted Joe B by 90, and <laughs> I I loved that so much. And if you look closely, you can see it. It makes me teary out to even think about it, but. I only met him twice. I never got to know him or anything. The thing that I find just so, just all, you know, so continuous, no matter who you speak to, is no one ever had an ill word to say about him, ever. And I was reading a tweet or something the other day that we were playing some team and they were flying in and the, the head coach of the other team broke a tooth. Did you see this? And Joe B heard about it and met him at the airport and took the coach of the other team to the dentist to get his tooth fixed. And so I'm like, yeah, that's the kind of person I think we all aspire to be is just kind and to think of others before yourself. And I think he really just was that and lived that every second of every day. And to see that the tribute before I was crying so hard whenever they lit up his jersey up there it was just I don't know he will be missed so much but what a it, life man it was almost incidental that he coached national championship basketball team that became like the third paragraph on what a great person he was uh, yeah. all the reflections that you hear uh, uh, Goose Givens man what a what a yeah. tribute that was and just former players and, and people that knew him on that personal level you forgot that he coached kentucky basketball like what a yeah. life that is where coaching at i think we can all three agree the best uh college basketball program ever like that's kind of like oh yeah and by the way he also did pretty good coaching basketball but just yeah. a great life that was you know it was and I told Vinny before you came on, Brandy, the thing I liked about Cal was really giving Joby his flowers before he left. That mm-hmm. where he could feel that love while he was still here to appreciate it. Because maybe yeah. he didn't appreciate it when he was coaching. You know, the 78 team was the team without joy or whatever. But that Joby could, you know, he could get cakes. He could come to the games. He could feel that love. And, and I know that that helped him. And he helped us. He was everybody's grandpa. He was the big blue grandpa for for yeah. our generation and younger. He was just oh, that's just Joe B. Like everybody just knew Joe B. Yeah. <clears throat> now when when like I was telling Terry before you came on, as far back as we can remember, we're all the same age. But as far back, you know, as I can remember, you know, Roger Hartman was the first point guard I remember. You know, some of those teams, Ed Davender. Winston Bennett, those guys. Joe B was the coach for a little bit when we were seven or eight, then he retires. But even as a kid, and that's the spotlight of being the head coach of Kentucky, 
I remember the criticism he used to get. I remember hearing the grown folks, oh, Joe B, oh, Joe B this. I always got that program. Oh, as soon as the guy gets on fire, Joe B pulls him up to get all of that stuff. <laughs> I remember hearing the grown folks say that. They build bits and pieces of this and that. So for him, like Terry said, for Cal to really bring him back, to have him at practice, to have him at shoot around, to go and see him, that legend to legend, documentary the two of them that that hour long piece because he was kind of you know he felt the wrath he felt the pressure the 77 team should have won it the 75 team should have won it they, the 84 team shouldn't have lost to Patrick Ewing in Georgetown he, he, he's following Rupp goes to three final fours wins a title and he's, he's still getting all this scrutiny so for him to get decades of just kind of adulation the last especially 13 years that Cal's been there to, to just see him at Wheelers or Cal go out of his way to let him know that he's welcome and, and you know and that was wonderful and you know I want um, something too that I find so endearing about Cal is Cal can Cal obviously can be swaggy Cal and Cal has to be a little bit have arrogance about him you know or he wouldn't be able to do his job but something that I really, I mean, he'll obviously, I don't think no matter what he does, he will never be as revered as Joby was. But I think, and I think sometimes this can play against him. You know, people get irritated with him. But Cal, truly, his main goal is to help those kids set them up to, to have a better life. You know, people forget that a lot of these athletes some of them come from money, but most of them don't. And they get here, they don't have money to fly back home whenever they're homesick. And the NCAA doesn't allow for them to pay for stuff like that. And you know, there are Christmases that those kids are sitting over there by themselves and holidays and he makes sure that they're never alone. And I really think that something he doesn't get enough praise for is how much he just genuinely cares about the kids as a person and not as a player and personally that's my favorite thing about him yeah, um absolutely. yeah and you know some people are like no but what's important is kentucky you know that they care more about that name across the back than the front blah blah whatever no they don't it's hard people it's hard that's yeah, a lot of pressure you know that is a lot of pressure so and, and, I, and the anti-cal folks will take little nuggets he says and like twist them and turn them you know when cal says i want these kids to succeed well he doesn't care about the program look your boss or if you're a boss your supervisor if your team does well if you're in a sales group and everybody hits their marks as a sales group then everybody wins if everybody does what they're supposed to do then the team automatically benefits so if you focus on each individual person then by default, the team is going to reach its goals, but people just want to parse what he says. And uh, we talked about this in our spaces, Vinny. The thing about Cal is his players love him. From UMass to Memphis to Kentucky, the players absolutely love him. When he got into the Hall of Fame, there were, what, 40, 50 players on stage with him? Marcus From Marcus Camby and Lou Rowe to Kentucky guys, like, Cal is just different. And I, I think you're right on the money, Brandy. It's one of those things. He recruits great kids. He supports these kids. And and that's why he's good at what he does. Yeah. And that was 
the whole reason I got so upset last year at the backlash that the team was getting for their record and everything else, you know, I really think, and I don't know how many times Cal had to say it. He literally said it over and over and it was like it went in everyone's ear and out the other. You know, we're dealing with mental health issues. They were coming off of the whole Ben Jordan thing. That alone is devastating. And, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, but as much as I love sports and as much as I love Kentucky, last year, that was irrelevant. You know, those kids as humans is what was relevant. And it really irritated me that our fan base got so down on Cal and on those kids. People don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Absolutely. They don't know. I don't know. You know, I see glimpses, but I can tell you that it is a lot harder than anyone can ever possibly imagine. And, you know, and, and not only were they stuck here in a pandemic, but like I said a minute ago, so, you know, a lot of those kids don't have money. They couldn't go home, even if they did have the money. You know, they were have they were having to live in a bubble. I had to live in a bubble whenever I was filming a TV show and, you know, ha on the other side of the United States. And that was terrible, being there, coming home every night to just an empty room by myself, being chewed up and spit out and booed off stage every single day, and then coming home to being by myself. You know, and that's what those kids, that's what those kids had to go through last year. And then to have our fan base not support them and be like, hey man, it's okay. It, in the grand scheme of life, this one season is not gonna break us because we're Kentucky, you know? It's gonna be okay. And so that was just what, I'm sorry to get on that soapbox, but I'm glad to see that this year, everybody's regrouped and we're back to being normal again. And everybody is back on, you know, supporting Cal and the team and loving on those kids. Cause that's what they need, man. Write them a note, send them a letter, drop them off some baked goods over at the freaking Wildcat Lodge. Do something to just lift those kids up because they're here without their families. So we all need to kind of wrap our arms around them and be their families a little bit. And that's why I'm glad your man Davion Mintz is getting to experience the good side uh, of, of the Big Blue Nation. You know, everything he did. And the thing about last year's team, they never quit trying. And, no, and that's what not. I, we talked on this show multiple times, like they could have mailed it in. We saw a lot of teams struggling you know, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Kansas, the Blue Bloods, they just kind of like, okay, we're done. It they it never clicked, but they never actually stopped. And I yeah. think that's a testament to those kids and to Cal. So I am glad that Davion is, is getting uh, to shoot. He, he's shooting like 50% from three up right now, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He gets to hear that in Rupp Arena because that kid deserves it. He, he, he played uh, his butt off last year. Well, they, they and they all did, uh, uh, to, yeah. be, to be clear. You talked about um, mental health or coming to back to the lodge by yourself. Well, Cal Tucker had the piece about his dog Ghost and how much better he's felt that he's able to have his dog back with him. Just little simple stuff that people yes. kind of take for granted, but it, it means a whole lot. And he's and he's one of the older kids. He's 23, 24 years old, been away from home for a while, been in college, knows the ins and outs of it. And he still was affected by everything that everybody went through. So imagine being 18, 19, fresh into a freshman season and going through it. So it's, it'd be even more tough to deal with. 
and and people need to also remember too that everything is not you know just full bore open like it normally is these kids still have restrictions even though they're vaccinated and everything they don't want them just out doing whatever you know they have to still be careful they have to wear their mask everywhere they have all these things that they have to be doing they don't get to go out and just be normal kids like they would normally so thank goodness the fan base has gotten it together and they are getting to experience the good side of our fan base at least they have that you know but i, I really just cannot stress it enough as someone who deals with severe debilitating anxiety myself people don't understand you know it doesn't matter if you're in the public eye or you can be on the complete top of your game and still just be extremely depressed and feel so alone and like you have no one to reach out to you know but i i, I know for me if i get a text from one of my friends that says hey man how are you doing today that immediately just makes me feel better so you know if you if you really want to be if you really want to get behind them you know do what i said write them a note let's be the fan base that we have always claimed to be the best fan base and love on these kids a little bit they're just kids they look like grown men they look like it <laughs> they're yep. giants but they're yeah. not they're just kids they're kids yeah. and that's what i used to be one of those keyboard warriors right like you know those kids are ruining my weekend because they lost and uh the first game i covered Vinny, i've told the story before was 2014 uh, kentucky lost to arkansas in overtime at rupp Oh, I remember that game. Right. And so I'm there at the press conference and I'm, I'm going to grill these guys, right? How dare they lose? And I'm six feet away from uh, Julius Randle. And then it just clicks in my head. I'm like, he's just a big kid. Like he's 6'10", like, but he's just a kid. What am I doing? And, it, and I'm sad it took me at that point to realize that. But like I said, they're just kids. And you see them like after the game, Sometimes they'll have family there and they're interacting and they're like, they're just 18 or 19. And what we're asking them, them to do, I don't know if I could do 44, to be honest with you. No. You know, to perform with thousands of people watching and people ready to critique, like that's a, so I'm right there with you, I, I am. Yeah, it's hard, you know, I didn't win my baking show and it's hard to go on Twitter and see the things that people say and I don't even remotely have the visibility that they do or, you know, the notoriety, I should say. It doesn't even compare. So I can't imagine the things that they are faced with and that they meet every single day and just have to put, you know, just shield themselves with a coat of armor and just say, I'm not going to let that affect me because I, I could not do that. And so I don't know. But I am so glad, too, that Davion is getting to experience it. And I love him. He has the sweetest face. He has the <laughs> just the sweetest temperament. It's his, he just seems so gentle, if that makes sense. Gentle, but, you know, will light you up, too, if he needs to. Oh, yeah. so. he, he's a, he's savage on the court. You know, some of those, the, the drive, the baseline driving dunk where he blew past Powell. So he's, He's got that killer mentality on the court, but yeah. I didn't know he had that in him. The 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 drive and the finish. I didn't know Davion could finish quite like <laughs> yeah. that, but he, he surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, been... you know something I did this is totally unrelated. I didn't realize how much Lance and Kellen kind of look alike. <laughs> and I 
was there one day and I said, hey, Lance. And he was like, I'm Kellen. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, I'm so, oh, you are. I mean, clearly I know them apart. I know them. But the way that they were standing there. And so then the other day at the game, I was looking at them and I was like, you know what? They do kind of look alike a little bit. So <laughs> I wasn't that far off. But If, if Kellen braids his hair, you'll never tell apart again. <laughs> 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 if he keeps growing oh, it out Lord. and raise it, this you you'll be oh, just have to guess and hope. <laughs> but can you all believe the difference? Um, you know, I was excited to have O back. Um, but you know something that I don't think anyone is really talking about. And I'm like, why is no one talking about how amazing Ch Coach Chin is? Have you noticed his charisma and his connection with those kids? I, I mean, he literally. I don't know how you do that. Like leave one group of kids and then step right into another group and just get so invested in them. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it's the pay. I don't know. But he just seems, I've never met the man, but he seems so genuine. And you can tell, it's like he, his, he's been here all, all along. It's very weird, but I love it in a good way. I mean, but have you noticed? Have any of you all noticed? <laughs> I've, I've, I've noticed his interactions like I'm here in Iowa now of all places so I, I don't get to cover the games like you because those were the things that uh, I like to get to the games early and you see uh -huh. him come out for warm-ups and it's generally like Cal doesn't come out until he has to yep but uh, I just remember Kenny Payne kind of being that guy that would come yeah. run the warm-ups had that interaction and I would assume that Chin is kind of doing the same thing as well, that would be my assumption, just from what I can see from you know yeah. a thousand miles away or whatever it is. Yeah, kind of from feeling sliding into that that KP kind of role as far as the you know relationship with the players. I don't know what? if it's good cop, bad cop, but they kind of click with what? him like they what? used to, Kenny. Right. Well, remember uh, when I was on Believe Kentucky with you and Tony Delk, and Tony Delk talked about until he became Tony Delk. He didn't really have that relationship with Rick. It was Billy Donovan, right? It was Billy Donovan was the reason that, because TD, and I don't think I'm talking out of turn, he said he was looking to get out, right? But Billy Donovan kind of worked with him, had that, that relationship. So you need those assistants on your staff to bolster everything and keep everybody on the same page, which is another one of those things that Cal does not get enough credit for uh, is, is the staff that he puts together. Yeah, and I think it's really, I feel like, you know, Cal has to be the dad. He has to be the dad, but they kind of need a big brother. And I feel like that's been missing a little bit. The other guys were great, but it's just, Orlando just has a way with mm -hmm. those kids. And Chin does too. And I didn't see it in the last few years. I did not see that like I do this year. It's you know they're in they're in the nitty gritty they're down with them you know they're in the gym doing the extra practices they're in there doing shoot arounds fooling around having half court contests you know all that stuff that you know Cal can't do because he's got too much on his plate he's got other things he's got to be doing yeah. but I don't know I think that Chin what whenever they first brought him I was like uh, I didn't think much about it and then once I saw him interacting with the kids I was like oh now I see why they brought that guy here he's amazing yeah. so. Shout out, Coach Chin. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll flip it to a little bit of Bacon Impossible too before you go. You mentioned already that 
before January comes, you you know, you work 20 hour days, day after day after day after day. I was going to ask, you know, y'all had 11 hours to do like one project. You, you work 11 hours with an 11 hour time limit. So I was going to ask, how was that? But if you've been working 20 hour days, I guess that, that 11 hour day might have been a piece of cake on the show. Let me tell you, um, filming this show was ex so excruciating. If it's some, I can't remember if the 11 hour episodes were split up. I think maybe because there are labor laws. Um, but I think maybe if the 11 hours, I think maybe we did like eight hours and then four hours, but people don't understand that. You know, if it says 11 hours, there's like four hours of prep. You know, you get there, you have to get there at like, you have to be on set at like seven in the morning. We were COVID tested three times a week. You had to go through that. Then you had to, well, as before you even stepped out of the car, they took your phone. Your phone went in phone jail. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you had all this stuff and you'd have to go get your mic on and your, all that stuff. And then you would go and they would go over things like, on the challenge it might say there's three requirements but really there were like 30 you know so they will go back over everything um but the biggest thing i get asked about are the stupid clothes like why did you all not get to change clothes well because of covid primarily um it would have they didn't know how long each team would be there and so it would be almost impossible to have that much wardrobe for that many people because normally what would happen is if you advanced you'd get to go out shopping and just go buy a new outfit to stay there. Okay. And we couldn't do that. So um, it was basically just like a uniform, the clothing. But just remember that nothing you see on TV is real, except sports. And even that is sometimes a sketch, but. <laughs> when you, and you finished third, but you were there a while. There were nine teams and you finished third. Um, mm -hmm. One thing my wife and I have noticed too, because we watched them all, um Steve and Renee. Um the <laughs> Renee was the engineer, Steve was the baker, but there was a few times where I thought they were gonna get sent home because her her engineering was was suspect. And I don't know if y'all saw it, but Steve was kind of done with her on a few of those things because he baked this good cake, his stuff, he he's holding up at his end of the deal. His cake is tasting good. The judges like it, this, that, and her engineering stuff just flopped. And she's just kind of like, I thought it would work. And, and he's, and there's a couple times he had like an engineering idea for her. And I was like, oh my God, this, this dude is going to wing her neck. He is through with her. He, you know, Steve, Steve really did not get, I felt like he got portrayed a, a little bit unfairly. First of all, he's actually a very, very nice and very funny guy. He has a very dry sense of humor. But he would tease her a lot and he never really got angry or upset. He was just always an extreme gentleman the entire time. You know, if whenever she didn't steer the boat, he was like, he called her space cadet at one point, but teasing her, he wasn't really upset. Right. But yeah, they were definitely, Steve was what kept him there because a couple episodes we were all like, what the heck, man? You know, why did they not get sent home? Because the robot episode, um, you know, Randy and Jacob, their robot worked. All of their engineering stuff worked. Hannah's 
robot actually moved. Everyone else's robot moved. So, and their dessert was good. So we couldn't figure out why, but clearly it was Steve, his chocolate work. He's basically a chocolatier. He was just so good at what he did. And everybody else, we were just failing left and right. You know, they're like, oh my Lord, we gotta, what do we, tell us what we need to do. You know, what rule do we need to change to make y'all successful? Because after the first episode, only two votes out of nine worked. <laughs> and so they were like, uh, you know, oh my gosh, the show's gonna flop. What do we need to do? But um, yeah, that's all TV. Steve and Renee are wonderful. They're, they're friends in real life now. I mean, we're all still friends, but it was nothing like what it was portrayed on camera. That's good. And the other thing, too, we know is Joanne, it was your, uh, might have been, I don't know if it was the next or last episode, but anyway, Joanne was trying to say something was too sweet. And Hakeem was like, look, I'm from the South. It tastes great. And we were like, yes. Yeah. And, and in the car episode, the, the episode where we go home, I don't hesitate to tell Rodolfo this all the time. Rodolfo, if our seatbelt wouldn't have failed, we would, you would have gone home that episode because our car looks better than their car. And my dessert by far beat all every one of them. It was a German chocolate cake. And Joanne said again, this is too sweet. And yeah. Andrew, they don't show it. But Andrew actually interrupted her and said, Joanne, no, I have to disagree with you. This is perfect. And then Hakeem says the same thing. Dr. O, he was like, yeah, we don't know why you keep saying this is too sweet. This is perfect. And so I knew at that point, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, my dessert has passed. But then the stupid seatbelt fell. So at that point, we knew we were going home whenever our yeah. Whenever they read our G's, we're like, great, this is it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I got to work in a couple Katie questions. Um, okay. First of all, she want to know what was your your favorite cake, your cake you've been most proud of, out of all the things that you've done, you got to have to pick. Probably a cake that I made for a little kid that was terminal. And um, he passed away of cancer, and I made his last birthday cake. And that is probably it was a Batman cake, and um, that's probably I actually don't do those anymore because it affected me so much. Um, but that by far is my most proudest moment is knowing that that little kid, the last birthday cake he got was mine. Wow, yeah, absolutely. Um, she so wanted to know like the where you have to shave the cake and shape it. What do you do with all the shavings? Do you, I mean, <laughs> scrap. We call it scrap. Um, sometimes I'll save it to make cake pops. Mm. A lot of times it just gets thrown away because I would save it, but then I had a whole freezer of nothing but scrap. Um, so it just depends. My kids will eat it <laughs> sometimes, but really we're all kind of sick of it. Um, I might crumble it up and make like a, um, a trifle. You know, it's good for trifles. So in the summertime, if we're going to a lot of, you know, family parties or things like that I'll save it and Larkin will make she loves to make this dessert called this very trifle and so we'll save cake scrap for that but for the most part it, it gets thrown away because I can't I would love to donate it but where am I going to take like all this crumbled up cake and people be like we're not feeding that to people you know it doesn't look very appetizing so it would taste delicious boy it'd be so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. V's gonna have it have you send it to him directly, just just UPS yeah. down to Vinny. There are lots of bakeries that do like um, 
you know, that's nothing but just carved cake like they're scrap and they'll put it in these little cups and just sell it for like a dollar or something and then donate the money to causes or something. But I just don't have time for that. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite your favorite what you say, your favorite cake slash filling icing combo? Um by far probably carrot cake. Um my friend Kelly, her mother, Stella, gave me this buttermilk glazed carrot cake recipe. And it is by far the best carrot cake I've ever had in my life. And um that is probably my favorite. That or lemon cake with lemon curd filling. Um that's probably my favorite. But carrot cake by far. Mm, I just got a sweet tooth. So when they were, <laughs> when they were saying your stuff was too sweet, because sometimes we'll watch we'll watch Chopped, and there's one of the judges on there, and um, I think that Amanda Freitag, it was too sweet. I'm like, quit fussing about something being too sweet. I just, I just but, you know, let me Let me just say I'm in the Midwest now, and that is literally the tastes are different. Like, really? I'm used to going to a restaurant and saying, you know, give me the tea, and it's sweet tea. Like, that's the default. It's not yeah. the default here. Like I've got to bring my own sweet tea in from the store because they, they don't do sweet. It's completely different. I'm like, I'm from the South. And my wife would be like, that's why y'all got high blood pressure. But we enjoy life down South, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we enjoy things, okay? Uh, yeah, sure, sure, why, how did you end up in Iowa? Uh, that's where my wife is from. We met on the Twitter streets and uh that's amazing oh yeah yeah i'll have to i'll have to send you that our our uh engagement tweet went viral and we were all over the place viral, viral. Like, yeah we we're at 540,000 likes and oh my uh, gosh yeah the the twitter account retweeted it the uh, i'm trying to think who was the most random person Vinny. and you legitimately met on twitter yeah, she's a she was a Cubs fan, and uh, of course I'm Kentucky. There's a little bit of overlap, and we followed each other. And after a little bit, I was like, "Oh, she's nice." And because she was a Cubs fan, I assumed she was in Chicago. And I'm like, Louisville, Chicago, not that bad. But she was in Iowa, and I slid into the DMs. And, uh, <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> I tried to shoot or shoot, and uh, I, I I moved here officially in October. So. Uh, wow. In case you're wondering, it is four degrees. What yes. part of Iowa? Des Moines, the 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 big city, the only city. Uh, I'm sorry, it's six degrees with a 23 degree wind chill, so it is cold here. So when KSR did their road trip, did you go see them when they were in Iowa? Didn't they go to Iowa? They were in the northern part because they went through the Dakotas, I believe. But the funny thing is. Uh, and I have to dig out this picture. You know, Kentucky played in Iowa the Tyler Eulis, Jamal Murray year. Yeah. And and Cal went to the Iowa Italian American Museum, and I've been there and I took a picture just like he did. So, uh, <laughs> and there's an Italian restaurant here in town that their claim to fame is Coach Cal ate here when Kentucky was in town. Oh. That's pretty cool for an Iowa restaurant. That yes. to be their claim to fame. Yeah, so uh, we're going to have to go and I'm going to get my picture made because, look, I wear this all the time uh, to, to let you know, Brady, because we, we we got married 
during football season, both teams were 6-0. and And I said, you know, Iowa and Kentucky are going to end up playing. And yay, verily, it came to pass. And oh, it my was, gosh. It was an interesting night here in my house. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I bet. But I've got a video of me doing the, the CATS catch cheer in the snow, in the, the freezing cold, because I'm always representing, even though here in the Midwest. So. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's awesome. <laughs> you followed us earlier on the, the Cast Talk Wednesday account. So, yeah, you can you can probably see I, some of that. Or we retweeted and get it out on that. And the, oh, the yeah. I'm, I'm ridiculous. I, I struggle with Twitter. I still feel Twitter dumb. Every time I use it, I'm like, now wait, what? I feel like it's so hard to keep track of who says what on there. I mean, I get on there, but I don't get on there nearly as much as I probably do Instagram. But... Yeah. I'll try to do better. <laughs> and I'm, I do the Instagram a little bit on TikTok, but you're a KY cake maker. The, the cake, the, you in a nutshell, where you have the UT cake and then you voila work your magic and it becomes a Kentucky <laughs> cake. Y'all follow her on TikTok for that alone, just to see how that magic happens. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you. My friend said, my friend sent me a text and said, that is petty on another level. I said, yeah, it is. <laughs> and we're all here for it. That's we're right. That's right. We, we're from, we're both from Harlan County. We interacted with Tennessee fans. We bordered, we right on the border. So the, the hate for Tennessee, you, you, look, we're just, it's just in, inbred in us. It's ingrained in us. I know. I really do think that I have noticed that people who are like true Central Kentuckians, their hate for Tennessee isn't nearly like what it is for Eastern Kentuckians. I think their hate for Louisville is a little more strong. Like, I don't like Louisville, but I don't, I just cannot, I, I can't even articulate how bad I detest Tennessee. Their fans are the worst. Blah, blah. They, we all know, but. They low down dirty. They low down dirty stitches. That's right. <laughs> you can't even sit with that orange. That's right. <laughs> no. Gaudy and all that stuff, right? <laughs> That's right. Yep. So when you ramp back up, are, are you getting the whole month of January off? Are you, are you no, I'm be... working. I'm working. Oh. It's just not as busy. Like I said, I dropped stuff off for football this morning. I've got, um, there's a kid from Lexington, Parker Panel. He is, he's famous on TikTok, like major famous. But he just got a role on Nickelodeon's Warped. And so his premiere party is tomorrow night. So I have a cake due for that. And I have um, just a few things these next two weeks. And then my daughter goes to cheer national cheer competition February the 9th. So I'm really kind of not taking anything for Valentine's Day. Mm. So going to enjoy that. Hopefully we get down there. I don't know how it's going to go with all this, all the COVID and these numbers crazy. And did y'all see a million cases? Like mm-hmm. yeah, a million cases today. Yesterday's report. Yeah, yeah that's wild. Keep it's not going anywhere. It's so, it's just, I'm over it. I'm so sick of it. I know everyone is. So keep being careful. Keep your guard up as bad as, as draining as it is. Keep oh, yeah. Staying careful, everybody, for sure. 
Thank you so much. My Lord, I was so excited when you texted and said that you had some free time and, and was able to hop back on here because it it been way too long and thank proud you. to death of you anyway, even if oh, you weren't on that Oh, thank you. Place. You too, man. You too. I'm proud yeah. of you too for doing your thing. Well, we appreciate it. And we'll have to get you back on next time and slow again, but we'll be, you know, rooting for the cats over at Texas A&M here in about an hour or so. I know. And, and yeah, so get ready to enjoy the game and are we the favorites? We're the favorites, right? What's the spread? Was it five? Can you think about five or something? I think. Oh, I, I, it'll be more than that. Let's predict. I think we'll beat them by 28. I, I got cats by 12 because it's it's t-shirt night as it always is when we go. I think they're honoring somebody as it always is. You know, once you notice that that's what happens, you, you can't unnotice it. Like, it's always honoring somebody whenever we go yeah. on the road, whether it's Dale Brown getting his name on the court. It's always something. They always trot out some team that made an Elite Eight or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, but I think catch by 12. I'll say 77. I'm almost there with you. 77, 64. What's that, 13? Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. So we all got double digits. I don't know what the actual score will be, but I think we're going to beat them by more than what everybody thinks. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, this, this, just, these kids are special. They, they just yeah. are. Their chemistry and the way that they have just, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's got a good I, feel. I, yeah, it, it really yeah. does. And then, you know, having Severe back and just seeing that chemistry kick back in, I don't know. I just, I just have a feeling that we're just going to be unstoppable. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. Yeah. It's fun to dream about, at least. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't thank you enough, Randy. And thank you. Hope I didn't talk too long. No. <laughs> no we, we appreciate you coming on and talking to us. That's it. Tell everybody Thanks to watch Thanks for having me, guys. To everybody watch this on Roku or listen to it where they get their stuff. And we just appreciate you coming on and talking about the show. And, of course, talking to Cats. You knew we were going to do that. So, can't thank you enough. Right, Tell your family, hey. And uh, we'll definitely keep keep in touch like we always have. So. All Cats right. By I'll 90. see you. Cats right. by 90. <laughs> thank Bye, you, Brandy. Thank you. Brandy Romans. Baking Impossible. All the stuff she'd already She baked a cake. Like the 2012 NCAA championship trophy. So, I mean, she's been doing this a while. It, um, and Little Miss is a fan. I didn't get to, to hop in, but you know, uh, Little Miss, well, medium, my youngest, I can't call her Little Miss anymore. She's full grown almost, but uh, you know, she does her cooking and all that kind of stuff. Starting mm-hmm. to get into bacon a little bit. Uh, so, uh, uh, Little Miss is a fan. I told her we we're having Brandy on, and, and she thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. As much as an almost 13-year-old can think her dad is, is cool. Right. I've reached that stage of... <laughs> I've reached that stage of, of uncoolness, so... He's a blind. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 16 to 13, I am long past cool. Man, that's for sure. That's for sure. Let me get this link to our second guest, because we're going to kind of go back to back. Ivan Dawkins will be on here. Oh... Uh, Talk some NFL playoffs. Uh, he's part of the BS3 network like we are. And host a podcast as well, like we mentioned, with his three siblings, his three sisters. Let me 
get it pulled up and get him on here. I'm going to send it to him in Messenger. But thanks again to Brandy. Y'all, when we get this out, y'all are going to love listening to it. Uh, she's always so much fun. Let's see here. But speaking of fun, that Tennessee game was fun. Man. That, <laughs> it was. Like, so, you know, we, uh, Rick Barnes sitting over there. He just, after a while, he just, he was just resigned. He just knew. He just, well, what do you, what do you do? Like I said, Tennessee is shooting 50% from the field and it's down by 30. What do you do? And for that to be the most points Kentucky's ever scored against Tennessee, look, let me get on my soapbox while we wait on the next guest. Uh, Kentucky fans on social media, stop talking to other fans of the SEC schools. Just stop. Tennessee fans saying, well, we own you. Okay. And what do they mean by that? Well, you know, every third odd year under a Democratic president before Winter Olympics, Auburn is two and three against Kentucky. So deal with it. Meanwhile, if you look from 1990 to 2015, Auburn won once. Like, what do you like? I'm not talking to Tennessee fans. Well, we own you because they were six and four in the last 10. Shut up. Just what by what metric? Uh, some Auburn fan, uh, when it was announced that game day is going to Kansas, Kentucky, this Auburn fan said, why are they not coming to Auburn, Kentucky? Because we're a blue blood. <laughs> of what? Of Auburn is a blue blood. Vinny, do you know how many times Auburn has been to the tournament? Well, with Barkley, and then you had the Chris Porter squad, and then the, the team that did beat us a couple years ago. Uh, that's three. You wonder how many tournament appearances Auburn has? Ten. They've only been in the NCAA tournament ten times in their history. My daughter is 13 and she's seen more Kentucky tournament. Ten. You can't talk about you a blue blood. You've been in the tournament 10 times and Kentucky is one and eight. What are you talking about? Like, what are we even doing here? One final four in 2019. Yes, they did beat us. Two elite eights, 1986, 2019. One before the three point line, one with the three point line. What are we doing here? Sweet 16, one, two, three, four, five. Again, again. Eight championships, five Sweet Sixteens. Right. Tennessee the same way. Sweet Sixteens champions. What do I, I'm not look. I am not arguing with SEC fans about men's basketball because it's always well if you look and you do the thing and you do this and the numbers and the metrics. Like that one dude for Tennessee that claimed the 2018 Tennessee team compared to the 96 Kentucky team. Right. Yeah. Insanity. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, they, they all dribble and pass and shoot. Like, if that's what you mean by comparison, then yes. But I'm, I'm not dignifying this. I'm not dignifying anybody in the SEC talking about, well, you know, like Patrick Young, great young uh, talking head on SC Network talking about, well, Kentucky's been one of the better teams in the SEC 
Okay. Regular season championships by school. Kentucky, 49. LSU, 11. Tennessee, 11. Alabama, 10. Florida, 7. So it's Kentucky. And then the next four don't equal what Kentucky has. Oh, is is it different with the SEC tournament? Kentucky, 31. Alabama, 7. Florida, four, Tennessee, four, and Tennessee hasn't won since 1979. Right. I was two. Yeah. Not quite two. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. We won a year and a half. Yeah. We, look, we got our next guest in here on the green room, in the green room. So we are here on Roku now. And he had a lot to do with the behind the scenes of Roku. He's on a podcast with his three sisters, the Queen Three and King podcast. He's a big sports fan like we are, a Cowboys fan like I am. So we'll have to talk about that loss to your 49ers this past. Let's talk about it, baby. Today. But we, we're going to bring in um, from the Queen Three and King podcast, Ivan Dawkins. Proud to have this gentleman join us. Appreciate you taking the time, Ivan. What's happening, man? What's going on, brothers? If Auburn is a blue blood, then my old high school is a blue blood. I don't know <laughs> what they were talking about. I, <laughs> I'd be there in the context of that, man. What's going on, fellas? Hey, Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. You know how oh, folks yeah. just be talking. Yeah, exactly. That, exactly. That's the one thing about social media. It's, it's brought barbershop talk worldwide because there's always that dude at the barbershop you're like that's crazy yeah (laughs) well you know texas tech is a is a blue blood program like what are you talking about right get out of here right right yeah they give them some courage that they don't usually have too exactly Mm -hmm. no research no facts just just throwing stuff out there just talking Yeah, and sometimes I choose to be that guy, just to ruffle feathers. So it's fun <laughs> to be that guy sometimes. Man, <laughs> told you, CB, this dude is hilarious. Oh, Hope yeah. the Queen Three and King podcast that at the BS3 Awards, we we uh we were fortunate to eke out the most consistent podcast right. but i have them one pretty much darn everything else so the lord shined on us that night <laughs> <laughs> that night but it's gonna be some hey but I'll, have you seen the shows we done added man since then since roku and whatnot man it's gonna be some that next award show shoot ah. I hope we eat out one. You talking about y'all was happy eat I hope I get nominated next time. <laughs> no, man, we got, some, we got some powerhouses, man. Seriously, Man Talk Mondays now. Uh, marriage is real. Uh, life happens. Uh, man, uh, the Elevate. Man, it's some it's some shows now. Uh, you can't make this shit up. I don't know if y'all cuss on this podcast or not. Uh, uh, Shoot, man, be in your own lane. The Hood Scout Sports Show, man. They, I mean, we got some heavy hitters now, man. Seriously, we just happen to be part of it. And appreciate yes, you know being reaching out and appreciate y'all doing everything and then letting us yeah, be yeah. in here and and have our mugs on Roku for the for people that want to. And I'm gonna tell Ben to quit trying to do the voiceovers. You the voiceover guy. Quit doing. Ben gonna step in sometime and he want to do. I like let Benny do it. Yeah, he the he the voice of BS3. 
<laughs> he, he does have them dulcet tones over. Yeah. Well, man, you you are you Texas born and raised? I know you're a Cowboys fan. I was born in Garland, man, which is just uh, it's, a, it's in Dallas County. It's just a little uh, to the next town from Dallas, a little east of east of Dallas. But yep, born and raised in Dallas County, man, my whole life. I only left during my military service, but other than that, I've been right in this area. And you, you put on Facebook some kind of like keys to the game and all that. Oh, I, I got it. I, I trust me. I, I printed it out for this show to let you know. I probably got put out of you know. So you know they got these Cowboys groups. One is DC 4L, which means Dallas Cowboys for life. The other ones is just Cowboys fans, and I can't remember what the other one is called. But I think I done got put out of all three of them because the same thing I posted in my basic public Facebook profile, I posted on these uh group pages these fan pages and i said dear fans of the dallas cowboys we in trouble uh and this was on thursday now terry you hear me so i was yep. ahead of the game this was on terry i mean on the thursday when i posted this oh. i said we in trouble debo samuel george kittle elijah mitchell and brandon Ayuk are all threats on offense their run game is complex patient and bruising their six-ranked defense is anchored by Nick Bosa, who recorded 15 and a half sacks and forced four fumbles. Trouble, trouble, trouble. And I, for the next 48 hours until game time, was roasted and put out of groups and said, you ain't no real fan, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, since when does being a fan means you blindly accept what you be, what's being put in front of you? That does not a fan make. I'm a fan because I know my team, I know our weaknesses. I know what we're going to have trouble with. I know what our strengths are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I knew this was not going to line up well for us. I'm still the biggest fan. I'm like, she talking about I ain't no big fan. I said, I, I don't spend more money than anybody on this group on these Cowboys this year. And that that ain't, look, you, uh, I've, we've been Facebook friends since we've been part of Roku. I, I know I saw you in Foxborough for the Patriots game. Yeah. And I've seen yeah, several games. Five home games. Yeah. Not so. to mention all this apparel. Like you go to my game room. I got more. I spend more money in my game room uh, uh, stuff that I got up there than some people that spend on their whole houses. <laughs> so don't call. Don't tell me I'm not no fan. I just know it? my boys. I got a right to say what the deal is with them. I know what the deal is. And when and when the bottom line is, we too soft. That's well, simple. We, we don't have enough Michael Parsons. We too soft. We ain't got enough dogs. Yeah, and the 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 one thing leading up to the game, because uh, Vinny and I did our little preview last week. Mm. I said the 49ers, they'll just grind you out. Like right. they we know we can win a game. I'm saying we the team sends yeah, here. No, that's uh, uh like we'll just grind it out. Like we won an mm-hmm. NFC championship game and Jimmy G only threw eight times. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the games they lose is when they try to get too cute with Jimmy G. Because I said, I think last week, Vinny, he going to put a ball out there for y'all to get. That's right. Yeah. Now, if you get it, good. But he going to put a ball or two out there mm-hmm. for you to get. And he Vinny probably knows, put two or three in that game. Yeah, he overlooked Ayuk on one. And at least he's throwing interception with his eyes open. Because in the Super Bowl, he's a chief. He just, he, boy, they zoomed in. I said, you can't be out here with your lemon booty, like Bomani Jones says. Just wow. YOLO with your eyes closed, you know. But every quarterback, I don't care what offense you're running, mm-hmm. you need to make th- two or three 
throws you have to make for your team to win. That's right. That's right. And yeah. my biggest question mark for Jimmy Garoppolo is, can he do it at this level? Right. Because everything else the 49ers do, the defense, the run game, we straight. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy G just can't be YOLOing. Yeah. Because that's that's what turns games uh, uh, yeah. around. You want to know all you need to know about the 49ers, which is the thing that made me start paying attention, getting ready for this game. I said, anytime a squad is down 17 to nothing and come out running the ball, they score a touchdown on that drive and then come back the next drive and run the ball nine, how many times in a row? Nine, 10 times in a row? Yeah. You down 17, how many offensive coordinators would do that? Not many. You got to believe in your running game, man. And you got, shoot, that, that, to me, that said all I needed to say to say, all right, we need to be concerned. And, and, and yeah, Debo, our O line, our O line got punked all day, all day. I mean, and, yeah, yeah. And, to, and you could really say the defensive line, our defensive line. We yeah. got the game won and lost up front at the end of the day, anyway. You know, and so the Cowboys mistakenly have this reputation of having this good O line. No, we got a good offensive lineman, maybe one of the best in the league, in Zach Martin. But we don't have a good O line. We got a good O line month one. And, and I told, we, we have a, maybe what will go down as a Hall of Famer in Tyron Smith, but his best days are way behind him. Yeah, yeah. I told Terry at the beginning of the show, I said, the Cowboys, I'm going to say we, because we was fortunate to be in position to even have a drive to win the game. That's right. Like, it, to even get to that. Yeah, two technically. I mean, yeah. Blue both of them. Because look, look, Randy, Randy Gregory just jumped off sides again as we speak. I mean, <laughs> I mean right. he, he and the neutral zone, he and the neutral zone right Williams, now. Connor Williams just got another holding penalty. <laughs> they, I mean, they in the neutral zone right now. Fourteen penalties. You know, at home. We yeah. at home. Yeah, you man. know, you, you yeah, can fuss yeah. about the ref and the ball spot, but that ain't got nothing to do with the 59 minutes and 45 mm-hmm. seconds that happened prior to that. Yeah, I, and I got news, but I done seen enough of Mike McCarthy, man, as far as I'm concerned. I've seen enough. Yeah, I've I, seen enough. My question for you Cowboys fans, is it a situation where Jerry Jones has said, look, I had Jimmy Johnson, I had Bill Parcells. Mm-hmm. I I don't need a head coach that's going to give me any flack. Like I just need a guy out there to do what I say. That's it's, some it's, of it. That's some that's of it. Jason Garrett was there for you know ten years, eight, eight and eight for eight eight too long. <laughs> so yeah, is, is that the is that the situation? That's some of it. it. You know, so this is the way I look at it. A good coach can overcome that because right part of being a head coach is being able to play politics, right? You know, you got to not only play politics with whatever ownership group you got, right? Dan Snyder, um, you know, DeBartolo for the longest in San Francisco. I mean, shoot, that was a, he stayed in the news. You know, he was just like that with Jerry Jones in those terms, right? He was wild up, baby. That's part of it, right? Al Davis, they won for years with, you know what I'm saying? They it, It's a tradition and excellence, right? You know, uh, and Jerry Jones is cut from the Al Davis call. So my point is, is that, yeah, you got to know how to navigate that kind of stuff, right? Uh, but you can still win under those circumstances um, if you play the politics right. So yes, that's part of it, uh, but it's not as much part of it this year and nowadays as it was 10 years ago or five years ago. 
traditionally, every time you get rid of a yes man coach, the next one has a little bit more authority. And the proof of that was in how much control Dan Quinn had in last year's draft. His fingerprints were all over the draft and the free agency acquisitions. Mm -hmm. So that lets you know that Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones, they took a back seat and allowed Dan Quinn to work directly with Will McClay and get the personnel that we needed to get, you know. Uh, but like I said, I'm, I've had enough of Mike McCarthy uh, because I think he acquiesces too much to the Joneses. And I think somebody like Dan Quinn even would be less likely to do that. You know, so I personally think we need to get rid of McCarthy, elevate Quinn because the players respond to him better. It's not necessarily who's a better X's and O's guys. It's about who the players respond to, you know, and then I'm not even I'm not at this point. Kellen Moore from an offensive coordinator standpoint. No, he's a good play designer, but he's not a good offensive schemer, you know. Uh, so if you look at the difference between some of these other offenses in the leagues, like Kansas City's with Eric Bieniemy and uh, and even get San Francisco's and how quickly they get the ball out of Jimmy G's hands. Think yeah, about this. You want him thinking quarterback. The reason why you you render our defensive line ineffective is because when you hit your last step on your three step drop or your five step drop, the ball is coming out. Why is the ball coming out? Because somebody's open. If the all 22s were released, I believe it was yesterday, and on those all 22s, constantly you see as soon as Dak hit his last step on his drop, nobody's open. And you're telling me that's because Abari Cooper doesn't have the talent to be open? You're telling me that because CeeDee Lamb doesn't have the talent to be open? You're telling me that Cedric Wilson doesn't have the talent to be open? It ain't got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with what you're scheming and how you con conceptualizing your offense, right? They're not going through the progressions, you know. In fact, Troy Eggman was on the radio this morning yeah. Yeah. in Dallas, and he talked about, he said if Michael Irvin would have been in CeeDee Lamb's position and I'd been a quarterback this week with the way San Francisco played us on defense after looking at the All-22s, Michael Irvin would have had nine catches in the first yeah. half. Yeah. He said because you just run your route tree. Run the route tree. him on an out route. Then go have him do a curl. Then have him go do a, a slant. Then have him go do an out and up. You know, he goes, he goes because the guy who's playing him can't stop him. So go run, just get do, he goes, it's not that complicated, you know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like you said, they do with Jimmy G and get too cute sometimes. Sometimes coordinators try to do that. They get too cute, you know. Mm -hmm. And football is just not that difficult. And look, this it's a bit of pedal swallow. We, yeah. we we disappointed, we frustrated. We yeah, seen I knew this, what was going in this movie before. That's right. I, I gotta get back to these, and I'm not trying to deflect, but I gotta get on. I don't soapbox a lot, but I gotta go get on my soapbox about the Raiders. The Raiders don't somebody said something about the Raiders a minute ago. I got a few little Raiders fan friends, and, and everybody loved to trash the Cowboys, Stephen A. Smith, and, and everybody get on there and, and get, get their shots in and kick them while they're down. But Raiders fans throwing out all these memes, and they the last 11 appearances in the playoffs without a, a title game appearance in the NFC Championship game, all this kind of stuff. Look, the <laughs> and yeah, the Raiders beat the Cowboys this year on Thanksgiving. I get it. The the Raiders haven't done anything. Committed to excellence, just win, baby. They that last Super Bowl, Ronald Reagan was the president. The last one they won, Super Bowl eighteen. So let and they, yes, we ain't won since Super Bowl thirty, but they have done nothing themselves. They, I can't. The Raiders fans that want to prop themselves up off of our misery, look at your own team. 
So that you know, I just seen the Raiders fans talking a little yeah. stuff, and they ain't they ain't got nothing to say either. Nah, they, there's some folks that don't need to be yeah. talking. Right, just they in the barbershop again, back to where we first started. People just talking right. and right, yeah. Raiders. Yeah, fans. I remember the Raiders yeah. were committed to excellence, but yeah, oh yeah. Well, see, I mean, that's they they've gotten rid of Mike Mayock. What was it yesterday? They let him go, and obviously John Gruden. He was a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, John Gruden wasn't the biggest issue with that. It was. Allen over there in uh uh in uh, Washington, you know, and that they again they sacrificed a hundred million dollar guy to protect a billion dollar guy at the bottom line, you know. Uh let's see what he really had to say. Let's see what Allen was saying. <laughs> you know, you giving us you think you done fooled me with this little sacrificial offering here. Y'all eat on this, you know, and enjoy this and forget about what's happening over here. They getting rid yeah. of those emails just like they did the, the Patriots. Yeah, Hillary Clinton. They like called Hillary Clinton folks and asked her, how they, how, hey, how we get rid of the service and email? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't follow don't fall for the okie doke on that because if he felt that comfortable to send that stuff, that's right. You know, and it was several over days and months and yeah. Then, then he had a, a expectation that people were going to be receptive that's to right. that. That's it. So that's, that's it. who I'm concerned about that's when talk about John Gruden. Like, oh yeah, you got that guy, but mm-hmm. what about everybody else? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah sacrificial lamb. Sure, There's the whole network of that going on. And, yeah, yeah, no question about it. No question yeah. about it. Man, tell us a little bit about about the Queen Three and King podcast. I, I got one sister. She's almost three years younger than me, uh-huh. and. I mean, if we got along great, and if we did a podcast, well, that, that'd be something. You you got three sisters you doing a podcast yeah. with. Yeah, man. First of all, are you the, are you the baby boy? Are you the oldest? No, the I'm, a, I'm the second oldest. So it's my oldest sister, me, and then Mika, and then Lily, you know, the baby queen. So what had happened, I had been on a couple of podcasts here and there. You know, like I have this friend that I've been friends with since high school. Uh, she's been in the radio industry as an intern since we were, this is back in 1988, man. you know, 87, 88, you know, back when we were like sophomores, juniors in high school, she was working for local radio stations here in Dallas. So she's been in the industry since that, that long period of time. And she works for a local radio station now and she has a podcast. So I've, you know, joined her as a guest on occasion or two. And so every time I get on, she goes, she goes, you need to get your own show. You need to get your own show. So I did a show with Ben, you know, the forecast, you know, when we do those movie reviews. And so we had really good chemistry with the guys we do that with. So we decided to do that full time. And so every time I'm a guest somewhere, somebody says, you need to get your own show. You need to get your own show. And so I thought about it and and I just and prayed about it, of course, and came back and said, I'm going to do a show with my sisters, you know. And so I asked them, I said, hey, would y'all want to do a podcast? And they were all receptive to it and whatnot. And I said, OK, well, let's start thinking about some names. Well, the first name I thought of was Three Women and a Baby right a play on the three men and a baby right uh and they like that they're like yeah i think that'll be funny or whatever and i'm like okay well just sit on it you know i'm not sure just quite let's just sit on it and continue to pray about it because i'm the kind of guy who uh one of my old pastors he had put me on assignment to do something for a program at church and so when he called me to check check on it i had some good ideas and he goes let me just tell you he goes don't force it let it come to you you know, and so that's what I told him. Don't ever rush anything. Let it come to you. You know, it'll come. You know, uh, you know, you pray on it. You just let. I said the answers will come. 
And so just out of nowhere, man, I couldn't tell you where Queen 3 and King came. I, I can't tell you, man, I ain't that smart to think of no name that good, you know. Uh, but when I say that name came, my son is actually who designed uh, the graphics for it. He also did the music for it. My cousin shot the intro and outro videos for it. And it just turned into what it turned into. And I told him, the only thing I ask you to do is be yourselves in this in this uh, podcast. And that's what we do. So when you see me messing with them, it's just like you see us on Thanksgiving or Mother's Day or a random Saturday having game night. You know, that's the kind of trash I talk to them. I'm telling jokes every five minutes, messing with them, teasing them about something. You know, so when they call me a jerk or uh, say, you lucky I'm safe, that's the same kind of stuff they say, you know. So really, it's just we just have the good fortune of being able to take what we normally do in our family and just share it to the world, you know. And, and that's a good point because, you know, we've been doing this for about 10, almost 10 years, Vinny. We're wow. getting close to it. Wow. And, and, and people will ask for advice. I said, my biggest piece of advice is you just got to be yourself. That's right. Yeah, don't try to start, be something you're not. Because you, you're not going to see if y'all were trying to be something you're not, you couldn't do it for 10 years. You can right. pretend for two or three, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, but if you want longevity and you want that authenticity to come, uh, authenticity to come through the screen, you got to be really who you are, you know? Right. You can't Don't be faking and shaking. People pick up on that. People are smart. Exactly. Right. Don't try to be like Skip Bayless. Don't try right. to be Stephen A. Smith. That's like, right. You know, some people screaming, like screaming A.C.S.B. Me, me. Well, <laughs> and however you feel about them, and both of those guys you know, I can take in small doses. Yeah. That's who they are. Cause you, right. like you, said, right. you can't pretend for as long as they've been that's doing right. it, but that's you right. can't repeat, like, don't do what me and Vinny do. Like I can't get a bunch of people and do what you do with your right. sisters. Like it's just, right. it's not going right. to be that same thing. So that's the biggest piece of advice, not yeah, just for a podcast for life. Just, you gotta but be that's right. That's 100% right. That's yeah, when I, I, I had a VP. I, I used to serve as the uh, claims manager's claims department and the VP of that department. Him and I were close and we used to talk about a lot of things. And he told me that early on because I'm a little rough around the edges when it comes to corporate. The same Ivan you see on the podcast is the same Ivan I was in corporate America. And that's not always popular, right? Uh, in fact, I constantly had AVPs and managers and stuff like that that says only you can get away with that. It's because they knew who I was at heart, right? Because I was consistently that dude. And the reason why is because the VP of claims says, do not dumb yourself down for any, he goes, do you. He goes, I understand you're unorthodox. I understand you're a little different than the normal buttoned up claims manager we have. He goes, but that's what we like about you. You know, he said, so keep being that. Don't try to mirror yourself after the other claims managers, you know. Uh, and so when you say not only in podcast, but in life, that is hitting the nail on the head. In life, be yourself. Be unapologetically you, you know. And I'm, and, and unless that you is an asshole, don't be him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing, too, is people, you see, like, uh, you know, coaches try to emulate other coaches. Well, that only right. worked for Bill Belichick, right? That's right. Like, you want to be gruff. That only works for Greg Popovich. Like, that's you... Right. You, you, you yeah, can't do that. Three of those left. It might be three of those left in the entire sports landscape. <laughs> Bill Belichick, Greg Popovich, and Nick Saban. And that's it. Anybody else, you can't. That ain't today's sport. No. <laughs> that, you know, the, the climate out there is much different. You can't be 
you can't be talking the same kind of trash we used to get talked to when we was playing high school football and college ball or whatever the case may be. It ain't happening no more. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And see, if I heard on the what the latest episode, you were an uncle, a new uncle, right? We had a baby queen. She just had a baby, a baby Bronxy, you know, Bronx Anthony. So we either going to call him Ant or New York since his name is Bronx. I, I'm going to call him New York. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, they just had they, and I told, I said, God, now nah, y'all the only black folks I know that actually planned the baby. I think y'all the first one. <laughs> <laughs> we don't plan babies. <laughs> so, yeah, I said y'all actually sat out and talked about it. Uh, well, congratulations to your sister, yeah. man, and and the, the new nephew, the new yeah, sister. Man. I heard you listening to that. So, yeah, man, I guess stuff. Yeah, appreciate it. Oh, and so. Look, we just appreciate being part of it. I know you you played a big role in in all the behind the scenes and coordinating yeah. stuff and and just keeping the ball rolling on everything. Yeah, well, the bottom line is, man, it, it, I'm telling you right now, every podcast on BS3 Network can hang their hat on one fact, and that is that they're good people. If you're a part of BS3 Network, you a good you you a good person. Simple as that, because that is our very first requirement to be a part of this team is you got to be a good person. And we just do not, man, we just, hey, I'm not concerned about how many followers you got. I'm not concerned about your concept on the podcast you either have or you're going to have. I concern myself, are y'all good people? And everybody who's watched any of the shows that we have on the network, they come back and say the same thing. In fact, they came and said it this morning. I actually got a phone call and said, man, another great addition. All the people on BS3 Network are just good people. And again, like I said, you can't hide that, man. You know, over a period of years and months and episodes and stuff like that, who you are is going to come out, you know. And, and, and again, I think audiences out there, whether it be podcast audiences or uh, cinema audiences or radio audiences, they are smart, man. They're not dummies, you know. And after exposing yourself for an, uh, an extended period of time, they're going to know who you are and what you are about. So, again, having good people. And it's like I said to the team, you know, we won't be defined by numbers. The numbers will come because we good people and we're doing things the right way for the right reason. So, uh, again, if you're a part of this, that means you good you good people. Well, we definitely trying to be, trying to you know, follow the way we was raised and that, you know, like he got, <laughs> yeah, like he got yeah. some sense and been, yeah. we, we was raised to have some sense and now yeah, right. we we don't put that in us. So yeah, we trying to do that. And it's, it's podcast that some just do podcast audio, some do Roku and audio, and then some just do right. Roku, right? Right, right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so basically like for instance, for Queen 3 and King, we uh, do our show live. And so it's broadcast on Roku, YouTube, Facebook, and uh, then the audio is uploaded later on Spreaker, you know, and the other, you know, platforms or whatnot. Um, but yeah, so it goes, you know, I want it to go wherever it can go. You know, uh, you know, if you go to Apple, if you go to Spotify, if you go to iHeartRadio, if you go wherever, and I done did it. To, to, just to test it out. Are we really on these places? You know, let me go pull up Queen Three and King. I'll be dog. There we is. You know, uh, <laughs> so but yeah, I want to be everywhere. And like I said, I don't. You know, I ain't never been accused of somebody who scared to talk. You know, so I'm gonna talk and say what I gotta say. 
And uh, and again, at the risk of, I'm one of these. This is how I describe myself. I'm either a love them or hate them guy. The people either the people who cut for me, they cut for me in a major way. It's like that's my dude. You know, they, that's how they feel. But the people who don't got no interest in me, I'm just love them or hate them. You ain't gonna ever ask nobody what you think about Ivan. And they'll be like, oh, he all right. <laughs> that ain't going to be no answer. They're going to say, man, I can't stand that dude. Or they're going to be like, man, I love it, man. You know, uh, so I, I get that and I'm cool and comfortable with that, you know. That's all right. Now, flipping back to this this uh, this weekend, TB will get your thoughts in, in a second with, with your Niners heading to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, this is this one of those I and me. I, I wish both of them could lose. I'm just gonna yeah, no kidding. Because as a so, cowboy fan, you can't like either one of these squads. Yes. So yeah, what do you man. think will happen with it? And then we get we get, we get the last word from you know, Niner Nation himself over here. If I had to guess, man, I, I would have to say you got to give the edge to Green Bay. You know, number one because it's and, and again, not because of the you know everybody's gonna say what's popular and easy to say, and that is you can't go to Lambeau and win. If you look at the numbers, you can go in the Lambo and win. In fact, Tampa Bay did it just last year. Okay, so you can do it, right? Yes, the, Niners, the Niners did it a few years ago with Colin Kaepernick as well. Yeah, so okay, you, you can actually do that. Yeah. There you go. So you can do it, you know. <laughs> However, I think Aaron Rodgers is in one of those years, right? As weird as he is, unfortunately, I did not like all the line he was doing about the vaccine and all the stuff he was doing before the season. I said to myself, he finna have one of the best years he done ever had. Because when he get people after him, it is like, for whatever reason, he turns into Aaron Rodgers. So I think he's having one of those years. And I think Devontae Adams is singular as a wide receiver. And a matter of fact, him and Debo Samuel and um, there may be one other receiver in the league right now, it's just slipping my mind, that are in that category. Uh, so I think they got a slight edge. I think it's going to be a tough game. It's going to go down to the fourth quarter, but I think Green Bay will sneak it out. All right, what's that UTV? Because we, we uh, you know. Well, you know, I'm never, ever going to say my, my team's going to lose because I think they've got a shot. If they can run the ball and play defense, because they played Green Bay this year and it came down to a last-second field goal. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers, he's great. He's fantastic. He's elite. But he was like that two years ago in San Francisco, 137-20. Mm-hmm. All these Packer fans are telling me how great Aaron Rodgers is. Because remember, he's from California, mm-hmm. right? He yeah. went to Cal. And if you don't and know that, won. just look at his haircut right now. He looked right, like yeah, yeah, yeah. he looked, yeah, he looked like he played hacky sack outside <laughs> Cal Murphy. But so they they tell me that you know because he had that long period in the draft room where he sat there and he thought the 49ers were going to get him, and he wants to show the 49ers he's zero uh, three in the playoffs uh, against the 49ers, which may be 0-3. a problem. That may be his problem because he's trying to show him too much. Yeah, and 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 what happens is. Uh, even with Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. uh, the 49ers run the ball. That's how Kaepernick yeah. set the record for 180 right. rushing yards by a quarterback a couple years ago. Went to Green Bay, won in Green Bay, and then uh, the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. If the 49ers are able to run the ball, you know, they what they do to neutralize uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers is they, they, take the, they take the game away. They, they right. don't give him yeah. enough possessions. Yeah. 
yeah, and that's, that's right. what that's, that's right. what they did against Dallas on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was that first drive was like seven or eight minutes? Yeah. Oh no. You look up middle of the second quarter, and they like you know the announcers saying Dallas has barely had the ball. You know. So, yeah. 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 It was like two to one at halftime. So, mm-hmm. and at that point, you try to press a little bit. Now that's I right. think that that Aaron will handle that that pressing better than than Dak did. did. That's right. But you know. Uh, I, I think it's a situation. Of, of course, if Bosa is healthy, uh, 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 I'm dropping the name of my linebacker that hurt his ankle. He's back and practicing. So if they're able to get some pressure on AA Ron, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a out there thought to think the 49ers can go in there no, and win. No, but I that be being shocked. said, that being said, Jimmy G is going to give you two or three. And if the if the Packers are able to get those two or three, that's a wrap, right? That's yeah. that's just a wrap. So yeah. What's the deal on Bosa anyway? What's the news on him from that injury standpoint? What I saw today, they expect him to play. Like I don't oh, okay. know uh, okay. the detail, but you know, let, is it let Warner. Him... Warner is not the linebacker. yeah. Warner Warner hurt his ankle. Yeah, he's been back to practice. I think he was at practice uh, today. But I, I like the 49ers' chances. I, I, I honestly do because they're so unconventional that they don't mind running the ball. Yeah, they throw back team. They throw back team, man. And yeah, I, for, I forget what game it was. They're talking about, you know, you know, the, the, you make the 49ers run. That's what they want to do. Right. That's what they did. Again, and again, going back to the if they come to running game. down 17 to nothing, that tells yeah, you all it, you need to know about that team and their mentality, man. And they beat Green Bay and Jimmy Juthers. Through eight passes yeah. in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that's because they're like remarkable. We're gonna keep running this because you can't yeah. do nothing with it. So yeah, Sorry, everybody, yeah, everybody want to get, everybody want to get Jimmy G in third and long. I, yeah. I put that on your your yeah. face. Yeah, and, and, and be, 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 be perfectly honest with you, I'd prefer San Francisco win because I you want to talk about one of the most disliked franchises and and I'm not a you know again I, I love the Lord he heard my cock cry and I try not to say I don't like nobody but Aaron Rodgers is on that list you know that I, I'm just not a fan of Aaron Rodgers I respect him you know as a player and his ability and stuff like that but I'm not a fan at all I think he's surly I think the fact that his relationship with his own family tell y'all you need to know about that cat um, so I would prefer San Francisco to win that game, to be perfectly honest. You know, like you said, as a Cowboy fan, we really can't root for either one. But if I had to root for one of them, I'm rooting for San Francisco. Uh, but I just think Green Bay is a little bit too much this year. And I just want an offseason where my news from the NFL isn't dominated by whether or not the Green Bay quarterback is going to play quarterback for Green Bay. And, and I'm 44 day. years old. Yeah. In the last 25 years of my life, What's the Green Bay quarterback going to do? Right. I don't care. Like, <laughs> is he going to be on Jeopardy? Well, yeah. And hey. you got ESPN's got Ed Water at the airport. Come on. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired the of Green Bay quarterback. The only way that's not going to be the news cycle is if Green Bay wins it all. If Green Bay wins it all, you can be pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. But if they don't win it all, that's what your news cycle is going to be. <laughs> Get ready, folks. <laughs> A-Ron and Brett Favre, 800 touchdowns and only two yeah. Super Bowls. That's, yeah. Isn't that something? <laughs> that, that's something. But that Did y'all see this? Super Bowls ain't easy to win, man. Right. On Twitter, some young person, uh, why is the NFL hyping up the 49ers versus the Cowboys? 
and you see the 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 ratings, Vinny? Did you see this? Yeah, yeah. No, I, but I know they forget forget these ratings of the last the fifty highest ratings in the entire year of twenty twenty one. NFL had forty eight of them. Forty eight yeah. of the fifty highest ratings. And if you go back over 100, the NFL had 91 of the highest 100 ratings in the last 100. <laughs> so, shoot, it, it, that's, it says everything you need to know. Yeah. It was, I saw you put that out there, and, and it was not a shot. The, on Nickelodeon and CBS combined, yeah. Yeah. the Cowboys and Niners just, just cleaned up in the yeah. race. And that's old school, too. That, that matchup and the history with Dwight Clark and the catch and uh, man, yeah, that's true. It, it, the uniforms, I mean, it was nostalgia weekend all the way around with that matchup. Mm-hmm. Sure was. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like, and I saw you talking to that young person, TB, and, and trying to school them up because we, we knew the rate, we knew these ratings were, were going to be what they were. Yeah. Once it, they, it, you know. there's a reason why it was on CBS. CBS. It had the pick. That's why they picked that game. That's why it wasn't on in on Fox. Wow, you know, because the way they shuffled it up and gave the playoff selections and stuff like that. CBS said, "Oh, we got that one." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it, yeah, there it, wasn't no there wasn't no AFC teams in there. It means something. It, it it's yeah. like the Lakers and the Celtics. Like you may not no be doubt. fans of those teams, no but doubt. No, you doubt. can't ignore the history. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, but I but we have to remind ourselves as cowboy fans, man. If you if it's a cat that's twenty five years old out there, he ain't never seen the cowboys do nothing. Matter of yeah. fact, if it's a cat that's thirty two years old, he wasn't old enough to realize they were doing something. Mm-hmm. You know, when the forty ers made the Super Bowl a couple years ago, I had to explain to Vinny how the Super Bowl worked. He's a cowboys <laughs> fan, I had to tell him there's this big game at the end of the year. Uh, Where if you win the NFC Championship, yeah, you go yeah. to what's called a oh, Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But check this out, though. This is an aspect we didn't talk about today. How about this is your biggest problem with Jerry Jones, okay, TV? You talked about, you know, how he basically had these yes-men coaches that don't give him no flat. Here's the problem with Jerry Jones. Anytime you got a stadium, that you built east-west instead of north-south intentionally because it was more aesthetically pleasing for TV networks. And they're like, oh man, can you imagine the shots that you get? But the sun blinds your players every time there's a afternoon game, a three o'clock game, it's at least one incident of it. And this week proved to be a very big time. They needed that catch like, you know, Uh, And you do nothing about it. But here's the deal. You've already had curtains made that actually cover that area up and you refuse to hang them up. You refuse to hang them up. That's your biggest problem is, hey, we all make mistakes, but we got a guy that's got a problem admitting when he makes a mistake. And that costs your team. That's the problem to me. He's placed business ahead of, matter of fact, they came up with an analogy on the radio station this week. They said, if you went to Jerry Jones and said, you can win a Super Bowl, but you will no longer be in the top five franchises from a money standpoint. You're going to be off the Forbes list. You won't be on the Forbes list anymore for your most valuable franchise. You'll be number six is the best you can be, but you'll get a Super Bowl. Half of them said, no, he ain't going to take that. (laughs) 
Half I'm like, nah, I keep it full of this. That's your problem. That's your problem. All that being said, as long as this drought has been, like you said, somebody in 1988 was on, they were one year old when the one in 15, Jimmy Johnson and all that. So they haven't seen the Cowboys do anything. As long as this drought is, because we, we've been sitting on Super Bowl 30, last Super Bowl win. As long as that drought is, Ivan and TB, this drought is still one year younger than the 49ers Super Bowl drought. That's all I'm saying. We won a Super Bowl more recently than they have, and that, that might change in a couple weeks, but it might not. If it doesn't, their, their drought is still a year longer than ours. But they have had more playoff success, though. So I, 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 he brings I this up all the time. With them for that playoff success. <laughs> he, he brings this up all the time because the, the Super Bowl against uh, Kansas City, Niners up 10 with six minutes. Had my phone in my hand. I'm getting ready to text him. I'm like, oh, here we go. And then Jimmy G with his eyes closed. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And then Patrick Mahomes hit that third and 20 with he was like, Tyreek down there somewhere. And throw the ball. I said, "You got to be kidding me! How you gonna be yeah. up ten with six minutes left and lose by two scores?" But yeah, man. I got to matter of fact, I, what was you thinking this past weekend in the fourth quarter when he threw that pick? Oh, I was like, I, I told my wife, I was like, "He doing it to us again! Like, what is go, <laughs> what is going on?" But Vinny, yeah. now you talk about being honest about you know your your team. I've been honest about Jimmy G when we yeah. signed him. I'm like, I don't know. Even when we made the Super Bowl, yeah. I'm like, they only let that dude throw eight times. Yeah. But he still got to make some plays. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. See, even though the, the running deal. game was worse, we, but give I them, be honest. we give them all this, these props for being committed to the run game. With some of that shit, you got to be. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we better be committed to it because yeah. our quarterback ain't going to get it done. Mm, the only right. thing I can say about Jimmy G, he's the most handsome quarterback in the league. He looked good in the suit. <laughs> he looked good in the <laughs> suit. That's about it. <laughs> but, but he made, he made some his comeback against the Rams a couple weeks ago, but then he threw that inter, that interception yeah. to the end. He's going to give you three or four. Yeah. You know, of but those when games. That happened, I immediately posted, I don't know if you saw this, Benny, but I immediately posted on Facebook, don't get excited about this. Uh, this ain't they ain't finna. They not finna do this. You know, I'm like I can see they demeanor. This ain't this ain't happening. You know, uh, they were deer in headlights for far too long in that game, mm-hmm. and I knew now they ain't gonna pull it out. That's it. Well, man, we done put the put the book in on another episode. Ivan, man, appreciate you coming right. on here. Should have had you on here way before now, man. But Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, that's all right. Much, much respect to Cats Talk Wednesdays, man. Y'all are a staple in BS3 Radio, man. So y'all keep doing what you're doing. And we got some good sports news on there. That guy that's doing that lunch break sports show every week. Matter of fact, he just asked about sports guy to, to pop on this show. So if y'all have an opportunity, pop on and collaborate with him and have him on y'all's show. I think that's always good. Man, anytime we get shows collaborating, that's fantastic, man. That's good. That's good TV. That's right. And no, uh, yeah, Houston, right? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I believe so. And even that hood sports scout guy, man. You know, there's bound to be some crossover in terms of who he's scouting and maybe who Kentucky looking at in terms of talent and stuff like that. So get with him too, man. You might, you know, y'all. They, they, there should be a couple of three shows that y'all should be able to do with both those cats, man. And maybe even Al High. You know, I don't know if y'all done yeah. had Al High on. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, man, Kansas City. Y'all want to talk about Kansas City next week, depending on what they do. He's going to be all over that. 
Man, yeah, thank man. you again. Wish y'all continued success. Oh, yeah. Queen 3 and King. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, man. Congratulations Much to the new nephew and yes, all sir. your sisters. And, and man, we, we appreciate being part of it. And appreciate everything you do, man. Right on, man. Hey, I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a good one. Y'all need anything. Y'all know it. Y'all know to holler at me, man. Hey, appreciate it, Dev. All right. Talk to y'all later. All right, man. All right. Ivan Dawkins, Queen 3 and King. So we start with Brandy Romines in with Ivan Dawkins. Got in the Cats. We talked Joe B. We talked the Tennessee beatdown. We talked the Niners. Kicking the Cowboys to the curb and ending our season. And moving on to Lambeau. I think that was all the big topics. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm licking my wounds. And I'm gonna watch you and see what y'all do in Lambo, and and that's, that's just how this works. That's how it works this time. And uh, appreciate our guests, and appreciate you. And we got a Kentucky basketball game coming up in 30 minutes. Yeah, I gotta gotta hop off, get a little snack, and and, and watch that game and everything. But uh, another good show. Look, the playoffs, the 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 Niners Cowboys game. We knew going in, it was gonna be the de facto highlight game of the week. And as crazy as it was, the game delivered because there was a lot of ugly games. Like, I, with the other Cardinals, Cardinals last night, the, the Cardinals and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the Rams, Patriots. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know who to root for between the Titans and the Bengals fans. There's a lot of overlap between those two franchises and Kentucky fans. And I'll be honest with you, I'm tired of both of them. Like, Chirpy Bengals fans, y'all got to chill. Well, what do you think the Bengals, you know, they won the playoff game? Look, go to the Super Bowl. Go to the Super Bowl against the 49ers. You know, come on, man. Be happy, but uh, you know, Joe Burrow, Hall of Fame. Pump y'all's brakes, man. He's Louise. Jeff Garcia won a playoff game. Come on now. What are you doing? I'm down here with. The, the Titans fans and uh, tired of them. So just like growing up in Kentucky, you know the, the Bengals would come on regardless, and you have to watch them. And that there'd be other games that you want to see, but no, you get the Bengals. Same thing down here. You, you get the Titans when there's something else you want to see. Um, that and you know we mentioned Tony Delk. I don't believe in Kentucky. He being from Tennessee now is a Titans fan. So. Mm-hmm. I already got I already got that text when the Cowboys lost. If the Titans keep winning, I'm gonna be getting Did I lose you? Oh, there we go. So uh, yeah, we will enjoy it. Episode of Cast Talk Wednesday. Let's go beat these Aggies. Tell the missus hello. Stay warm. And we'll see y'all this time next week. Let us know what you think on Roku. Watch us and tell us what you think. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff. And we'll see y'all next Wednesday. Who'd you say I guess was? You said you got somebody. You want to you want to let them know now? Or just wait. Uh let them wait. We're gonna coordinate. We're gonna bring on some of these young pubs that we're talking about that have that have started doing their own thing since uh you know you and i are kind of away from lexington a lot of young dudes kind of filling that gap covering the team up close so i got uh maybe uh, one maybe two uh coming in to 
uh, you know, to, to give us old heads a little extra, you know, a little, little something. Because, you know, like I said, being out here in Iowa, I'm, I'm by myself, man. All right. We, Except we, for, did you see that tweet? I, I think I put it on Facebook too. Somebody uh, invited me, a 49ers fan invited me to go to Lambeau Field. I said, <laughs> boy, if you don't get out of here with this Dateline NBC stuff, I'm a. <laughs> Now look, I've met a lot of people on Twitter, but I'm not just gonna hop in a car and drive. That's a good way to never be sick. Get out of here with that. But yeah, hey, that was that was something right there. I sure did see it. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> but another good show. Uh Niners, we're gonna do it for the bay. We are uh we we I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good because the Niners can run and they can play defense. If you can do that, you can go up to Lambeau. And, and you can win. So that's it. That's, that's all it. right, AA Ron. <laughs> it's gonna be fun to watch. I'm gonna watch you and Jay Hayes on Twitter, and, and that'll be fun as <laughs> well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we having fun with it, baby. That's it. Hey, you know the episode of Cast Off Wednesday, y'all for TV. This is Vinny. Thanks to Brandy Romines and Ivan Dawkins. We'll see everybody next Wednesday. Appreciate y'all. <laughs>